ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions, present Moxie Bets with betting expert Katie Mox and her merry band of gambling insiders as they preview lines, spreads, parlays, and props with personality and the kind of advice they would give themselves. That's Moxie Bets. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my man, Super Bowl champion Ryan Clark, RC. I see you in that white sweat top. Brother, been spending too much time in the sun, dog. You are black right now, kid. It's the contrast. DC, it's the contrast. It's just that I have a white shirt on. And listen, not all of us just get to work in the gym or work in the studio the entire summer. Some of us are outside grinding in the heat like you used to do when you were a Lafayette boy. But now that you moved to Cali and got all bougie, oh. you don't ever hang outside anymore. Ryan, we may have well as been outside in that arena last weekend in San Diego because they had no air conditioning, my guy. But that don't change that you old Idris Elba-looking fool right now. Hey, guys, coming up on the show, we're joined by Luke Rockhold. We're going to preview this weekend's pay-per-view card. We're also going to tap in and tap out. But, Ryan, before we do all that, Jamal Hill, dude had a big win a couple weeks ago. Now I guess he's getting money because, I mean, I see this dude in a dang Lamborghini or Ferrari or something like that. Like, hey, these DC. young dudes ain't afraid to spend no cash. They say they not like you guys, man. You were trying to hold on to everything. You were thinking about the $80,000 you were supposed to get for a fight. Things are changing, D.C., and when these young boys get money, it's like coming to America. When I say he got his own money, the boys got his own <laughs> money. And, hey, and Sweet Dreams was like, I'm going to flaunt it if I got it, bro. <laughs> Bro, you should have saw him. Like, he he looked confused. Like, it's such a nice car. Jamal looked like he almost was guilty about, like, being in a nice car like that. But he was driving it. He was driving it. He was doing his thing, man. I was, I was happy for him. Now, one guy that wasn't guilty for his performance was Marlon Chito Vera last weekend as he defeated the two-time Bantamweight champion, former Bantamweight champion, Dominic Cruz. When you watched that, R.C., what were you thinking about Cheeto, who is the coolest guy in the game, but now his skills are starting to match his 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 like his 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 personality? I think that's what was crazy though. If you're watching this fight, especially early on, the first three rounds, Dominic Cruz is so much more active than Cheeto Vera. But every time Cheeto touched him, he dropped him. Every time he 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 felt a little bit of Cheeto's power, it had a huge effect on Dominic Cruz and it's crazy because you're on Twitter and you're seeing coaches talk about the way Dominic is moving to Cheeto's left and if he can go with the high head kick he'll have an opportunity to win and he does the exact same thing so you see it here Dom tends to roll his mm. head off to his right with his right hand down left kick by Cheeto would be a great answer to that and you saw that exact thing happen and, and, and the one thing that I thought about was Throughout the fight, is Chito Vera wasting his opportunity? Is he having opportunities, but Dominic standing in front of him and he's not capitalizing on those things? And when you think of some of the explosive knockouts that he's had in his last few fights, I think this one has to rank up there with one of the best we've ever seen from Chito Vera. But when you're thinking about where he is now, DC, obviously a top five contender, what's the next step for Chito Vera? And if you're the UFC, how do you move him forward? You know, Ryan, when 
we went into last weekend, they were first. It was the first chance to make that impression in terms of the Bantamweights because you got these two fighting. You also got Sean O'Malley fighting against Piotr Jan. You got the championship fight between Dillashaw and Aljamain Sterling. So there's a lot of Bantamweight fights happening right now. So it was a big moment for you to make a first impression. And Marlon Chito Vera did exactly that by knocking out the former champion, Dominic Cruz. But when you look at what Eric Nitzik said, right, and I'm sorry, I missed Marab versus Jose Aldo this weekend. Corey Sanegi versus Song Yidong. This, this weight class is on fire right now. But what Eric Nitzik was talking about was how Dominic Cruz, when he pivots, he was dropping his hands, and Marlon Vera missed one of those head kicks earlier in the fight. The second time, he didn't miss, and he kicked down with his foot. Or see, he didn't even get him with his shin. And Dominic's yeah. nose immediately was turned sideways, and he fell face first. It was done. To, to watch Cheeto become this guy off of the Ultimate Fight of Latin America way back when Cain Velasquez was the coach, to be who he is today is truly astounding because I didn't know that he had that ability at the beginning of his career, but he has shown to be very durable. He has shown that he has tremendous power, and he has shown that even though he starts a little bit slow over the course of five rounds, he works his way into the fight and he gets better and better and better. And um, you saw him get that big finish he had last Saturday. I think when you look at Marlon Chito Vera and where he is now, he's a fighter that's continuing to progress, a fighter that is continuing to hone his skills and become one of the best in the bantamweight division. And what I do like about the division it is, is it's starting to seem that rankings don't matter. Right. You have 13 fighting the number one contender. You have Corey Sanhagen at at four and he'll be fighting uh, number 10. And so when we saw this fight with Dominic Cruz and Chito Vera on on the car, we thought I thought to myself, OK, this can be Dom elevating himself back into contention or Chito Vera putting himself in a spot where he gets a championship shot, shot really soon. Uh, Dominic Cruz, I believe, started out 22 and one. He's two and three. In his last five fights. And Chito Vera said that Dominic Cruz's style no longer works in today's MMA. When you hear that statement, DC, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong because, Ryan, anyone that watched the fight saw that he was winning. So it's not like yeah. it wasn't working. I think that that's not why Dominic lost the fight. I think what's failing Dominic right now is his ability to take a shot. You know, I think... So much is lost in terms of Dominic Cruz's footwork being what was ultimately his biggest asset. But he was also very tough. And you saw it in the fight when he would just throw those long combinations, stand in front of Marlon Vera, and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. But the reality is he doesn't have a style that's outdated. It still will allow for him to get out ahead of most people as we have seen him just pick up two massive wins and his return to the octagon. Unfortunately it seems as though he's not going to beat the very best because that's what right. Cheeto Vera is right now. He's one of the very best bantamweights in the world, and I guess that's why um, Dominic Cruz can't get past that anymore. But I think it's a bit of a, a wrong assessment by Cheeto, who is a very smart guy, but I think that he's, uh, he's still lost in the fight. You know, after the fight, Dominic Cruz wrote to his fans, I'm grateful to all of you who came out on Saturday and for all the love and support here. The body feels great, and I'm thankful for my health. I'll be seeing you all next up on the desk, September 10th, Team Cruz, as Dominic gets back to work. But, Ryan, we know that Dom is a very talented broadcaster. 
But in terms of the fight career, is it one of those times where we got to start thinking maybe the clock is struck 12 and it's almost time to move on? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the other piece is this, DC. For you guys, it turns into what type of fighter do I want to be? You know, there, there's guys like Tony Ferguson who was on the losing streak and now he's changing camps and trying to figure out a way to return to some old glory. And so my question to Tony Ferguson would be, are you still fighting for a championship or are you just fighting for the love of the game? And I think you have to ask Dominic Cruz the same thing. You were right. He was out on Chito Vera in the first two rounds and he's very active. He was very aggressive. And you know this better than me, but even in football, there comes a point where you can no longer take the hits the same way. You can no longer recover the way that you used to. And now Dominic Cruz is going to have to ask himself, what's the next step for me? And what are my end goals? Are my goals just to fight as long as I possibly can? Or are my goals to be the bantamweight champion again? Because as you said, DC, he's no longer beating the top fighters in the division. And so if he's focused on being a champion, he may be too far gone for that. And we asked him on the show uh, last week, okay, Dom, what are your, what's the next move for you after this fight? How long are you willing to fight going forward? And how much will this fight have an effect on that? And he said, you know, DC and RC, I can't look past what Saturday. So in thinking about where he has to look now, I think he has to take an evaluation on who he wants to be as a fighter and then make that next step. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the time comes for all of us. And it. I know that Dom and I have had a bit of a, a bit of a uh, different relationship at times, right? Dom seems to come at me in those moments, but I don't think I've ever been sadder watching someone get finished in the way that he was. And that was no indicator on how I feel about Marlon Vera. I think Marlon Vera is an absolute sweetheart of a person, and I, I think he's fantastic. But to watch a guy in Cruz, someone I've worked with for 10 years now, and a guy that uh, was such a great champion go out in that way in front of his home fans, it just absolutely sucked, and I hope that he is okay. And I also know, Ryan, that like me, those losses are hard to come back from, and I know Dominic operates on that same level of how difficult it'd be to move forward. But Dominic Cruz wasn't the only one that got finished on Saturday. Uh, Ode Osborne got finished this weekend. Take a listen to this. He's losing to Ode. Ode's activity, and he's landed. Ode's landed. He's a little early in the day to be making those kind of judgments. Ode's winning, bro. Ode's winning. DC, 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 less coffee. Calm down. You guys are... Hey, hey, here's the thing, DC. They want me to react <laughs> to you being wrong. You actually weren't wrong in the moment. I don't feel like you were no. predicting that Ode Osborne was going to no. win. You were just saying at the time he was. And you know what I'm not going to do, DC? Here's who I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be <laughs> Dominic Cruz, DC. I'm going to support you as my friend, <laughs> as my colleague, and as my co-host. You were not wrong. But that tells you how fast things change in the UFC, DC. It takes one second, one strike, 
one submission attempt and the entire fight turns on his head and that's what we saw bro you went from like really confident that this is what's going on to whoa <laughs> what was it like in that moment i know bisping had to tell you something afterwards <laughs> bro so it was a matter of of we were about three minutes into the first round i think like three and a half minutes into the first round and we were talking about Tyson Nam because Tyson Nam was the story. He was just coming back. He had an injury. And it felt like we were talking like a lot we talking about, about Tyson and almost ignoring that in those exchanges, Ode Osborne was winning. He was landing more strikes. He was the one that was dictating the, 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 the exchanges. He seemed to be doing well. But then, bam, it don't take much, RC. You could be good in one moment, out in the next. It's the same thing in most sports, right? Like, I've seen, I've seen NCAA basketball games where a team's up by two uh, with short time left, and the guy throws the ball from half court and wins, they lose. I've seen times where, where we're almost celebrating, and the next thing you know, it changes. And I think that's what happened to Ode Osborne. He was fighting pretty good early in the fight, but Tyson Nam has so much power for a small guy that it completely shut the lights out. But I'll eat it. I'll take it, RC. I was a bit wrong, uh, being that I was saying, but not in the moment, but I was a bit wrong in yeah. terms of what the fight looked like it was going to be towards the end. Yeah, listen, DC, the one thing I know about you, bro, when you are wrong, you accept it, but I'm not going to let you take this one on the chin because at the time, you were <laughs> analyzing the fight in the correct way. But you know what, man? Like last weekend, we saw some great knockouts. We saw some great fighters, but we might see the best pound for pound in the world in Kamaru Usman coming up soon. Now, here's what kind of bothers me though, DC. The dude doesn't wear a shirt. He's now rocking suits and chains. And I feel like he's coming into my arena of style. I won't challenge him in the octagon, but he better get his mind right when he come for the king. So let's take a look at this little piece I put together just to let Kamara Uzman know that I ain't the one for it. RC, I heard what you said to DC when you said you was flying. I heard you, and I didn't take that too lightly, you know? I took that personal. So you tell me, you stepping out like this, you stepping fly like this, RC? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up now, champ. I'll admit, you got swag. But I've been the pound-for-pound pound king of style since before you were even on the scene. Kamaru Uzman has been raising the bar in MMA style, from press conference to his arrivals. The man is dripping from head to toe, and he's rocked some iconic looks that makes him one of the best-dressed fighters in the UFC. But stepping fly like your boy? I mean, does he even own a shirt? I wouldn't dare step in the octagon and challenge Kamaru Uzman in his arena. But you know what? He might not want to challenge me and mine either. <laughs> okay, yeah, RC. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I like that. Hey, I like that. But hey, that boy Kamaru Usman, be, he be casket fresh. And I know that you, I, RC. I know you got game. I know you got game. But he be looking. He be dressing pretty good. Be honest. You tip the cap to him. You no. know he he be all right. Need to put a shirt they on. See. Yeah, they say he is clean for sure. But, you know, the MMA world is different. Like, he, he has to do that and bring it every now and then for a fight, DC. DC, I'm living like this every day, man. And that's what I said in the piece. You know what? I'm not trying to fight you. But if we're going to talk about just dressing, then I got this. So this is what I'm going to do. 
when the fight is taking place, I'm going to make sure that I'm yep. suited and booted too. And I'm going to go on post a pic of me watching the fight just so he know that if I was in the arena, that's yeah. what it'll be. <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We go on step and fly main event. Kamaru Usman's arrival outfit versus what you got on for the show on Monday next week to see how it is. But RC, before he can get to the step and fly main event, though, he main events UFC two seventy eight from Utah mm -hmm. this weekend. Weekend Salt Lake City against a familiar opponent, Leon Rocky Edwards. Boy, when you look at this one though. Leon Edwards presents a lot of problems for the champion, Kamaru Usman. I understand that Usman beat him the first time, but Rocky is not even comparable to the guy that he fought back in 2015. He knows how to wrestle now. He's massive for the weight class, and he has now been unbeaten in more than 10 fights. When you look at it, though, how excited do you get for Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards, too? Listen, this was the fight to make, DC, and I think sometimes when you lose to the champion, it's a hard climb back to the top. But it watches some pieces that Leon Edwards has done since that fight. He talks about how much different of a fighter he is now, how fighting Kamaru Usman the first time made him a better fighter because he's focused on his grappling. He's focused on his takedown defense. But I don't think that we can just look at Leon and talk about how far he has come. We also have to talk about the evolution of the champion, Kamaru Usman. He was largely a wrestler at that time. He wasn't a guy who was confident in his stand-up. Since then, we've seen him stand with Gilbert Burns. We've seen him stand with Jorge Masvidal. We've seen him being there with Kobe Covington and being two absolute wars. And so I'm excited to see whose evolution, whose work, makes them the better fighter this time around. This is one of the, the fights that 
I feel like it's long overdue, but now happening at the perfect time. Kamaru Usman is about to set himself up to maybe be the pound-for-pound king in the history of the UFC, and Leon Edwards is looking for redemption, so I can't wait to see it. I am interested in hearing you talk a little about a little bit, DC, about the problems Leon Edwards can present. You mentioned his size. Obviously, we understand how great of a striker he is, what tells you that this fight can be different than the first fight in 2015 for the uh, for the contender? You know, Le- Leon was trained with us some before the first fight. But if you watch the countdown show this weekend, he said something to the effect of, I went to America to train, and I trained at AKA, and it was good. But he goes, they were worried about their own fighters. So I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I got everything out of the camp that I needed to get. He feels like now he's got everything in place, everything that surrounds Leon Rocky Edwards that has allowed for him to not lose since he lost to Kamaru Usman the first time. But you think about his size, you think about his striking ability, he is so clean, he's so technical, and I really believe that the reason Nate Diaz hurt him is because I think I think Edwards might have got a little bored in there Uh during that fight, he was cruising for 24 minutes. Nate, Nate hurts him. And that has given everybody this idea that there is weakness in Leon Edwards. That's not true. But I do believe that many also feel that the longer the fight goes, it starts to sway towards the challenger. Not true. There's something you gain in defending all of those championships. And I yeah. feel like Kamaru Usman is getting better and better and better as he continues to win and defend that championship. But to say that he is on the verge of tying Anderson Silva, you know, we are now going to start to talk about Kamaru Usman in historical terms opposed to the right now. DC, you know, when you're a fan like me, you start to get attached to some of these champions. I was attached to George St. Pierre. I was attached to Anderson Silva, John Jones, yourself. And when you have these great champions who you've seen defend and you've seen be you know, part of some of these wars where you've watched them come through adversity, you start to feel like they're invincible. My question to you would be, DC, when you have this level of success as a champion, as a fighter, how do you combat complacency, especially when you're starting to lap the Mm. division and run back around some of the contenders or some of the people that you had an opportunity to fight and have already beaten? Yeah, you know, You get used to a lifestyle, Ryan. You get used to a lifestyle that comes with being the champion. And you understand how important it is to hold on to that title. You know, Dana will say things like, that belt changes everything. And I think from the outside, that sounds like a pretty broad statement. Because anybody goes, hey, champ, all we've known our whole life is that when you're the champ, you make more money. From WCW, WWF, to everything else that we've known, the champion makes the most money. But... It's real. When you're the champ, man, everything changes from notoriety to marketing to sponsorship to fight purse. Everything changes. And once you get used to it, when you're defending the belt for the sixth time, like Kamaru Usman is, bro, he's making money. He's putting money in the bank that he never could have imagined when he was growing up in Africa. And that's where you 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 fight the complacency. You look at your daughter. You look at your kids. Mm-hmm. Right? And you know that when it was getting towards the end of the football career, right, and you had major money playing the game, when you thought about working television, 
You probably looked at Jordan. You probably looked at your daughter and goes, that's my motivation to not sit on my butt now and just say, you know what, I've done everything. I'm good. I think that is where we find that motivation. Like, I look at little Daniel. I look at Marquita. I look at Selena, and I go, I still got to keep providing for them and making this way, and I can do this through my work. And I think that's what Kamara Usman is doing right now. Yeah, Kamara Usman is is truly at the the top of his game. And even in listening to him talk, D.C., like, I could feel – that confidence. But I think on the other side, when we look at the challenger, Leon Edwards, he carries himself with the bravado of a champion. And I think that happens when you've been on the type of winning streak that he has since losing to Kamaru Usman in 2015. I think he has to play on some of that complacency of Kamaru Usman. He has to play on some of that success. Kamaru Usman has had standing against some of the best strikers in the division, and he has to attack early. He has to defend takedowns, keep this fight on his feet, and use his length, DC, use his excellent top elite striking, and find ways to get Kamaru Usman to forget that he's a world-class wrestler, to forget that this was the way he won the fight in 2015. And Leon Edwards has to understand this, and this is something that I continue to think about even when I was watching Tito Vera, Dominic Cruz. In UFC, in MMA, you can't miss your chance. When there's a guy like Kamaru Usman who's fighting at the level that he's fighting, when he has an opening, when you have an opportunity to pounce on him, when you have a chance to impose your will, you have to. Because what we know about him is he can fight through fire, Kamaru Usman can fight through adversity, and he finds ways to win both on his feet and on the mat. When you look at Leon Edwards, if you were in his corner, what would be your advice to him, and how can he win this fight? He's got to stay on task. You know, I think, and it's unfortunate that we point to the Diaz instance in which he got rocked. It's sad that we point to the instance in which he was cruising against Bilal Muhammad, and he poked him in the eye, ultimately led to a non, not, no contest. He's got to just stay really focused in the now. Because as you said, Ryan, these opportunities don't come around often. And even more importantly, you have to recognize how much your life changes if you beat a Kamaru Usman. Do you recall watching Chris Weidman beat Anderson Silva, Ryan? You probably thought after that night, Chris Weidman was going to be the biggest star in MMA. And that could be the same thing for Leon Edwards. You have got to be focused You've got to stay locked in and realize that it's the biggest, the longest, and the best 25 minutes of your entire life. If you can get through that and you get a victory, everything changes. This guy is the greatest English mixed martial artist they got in the world right now. This weekend he has an opportunity to stand atop the mountain. But another guy this weekend that has opportunity is Marab Dualashvili as he takes on a guy that has been to the mountaintop. One of your favorites, Jose Aldo. Yeah. Looking at that, can Jose Aldo do it again, Ryan? Can he turn back the clock again, this time against a dominant wrestler in Marab? You know, we've seen, and, and, and that's been the blessing of watching Jose Aldo for so long, DC. We've seen him beat all styles of fighter, whether, whether they're dominant wrestlers, whether they're, you know, elite strikers. And we've also kind of watched Jose Aldo turn back the hands of time and show that explosiveness, show that 
quickness, show those explosive leg kicks and some of the striking that truly made him a legend. And I do believe that he can win because unlike Dominic Cruz, unlike the, the Frankie Edgars or the Cowboy Cerrones, Jose Aldo is fighting his way back into contention. He understands takedown defense. He understands fighting off of his back. He understands getting through a round so he can get back up to his feet. I believe Jose Aldo can find a way to win this fight. And if he finds a way to win, he's going to make the UFC and Dana White make a decision on his next fight. When you look at what he has to do to make that happen, DC, what are the keys to Jose Aldo beating the younger and tougher grappler this weekend? You know what's, what, what is most key is staying up on his feet. He's going to yeah. get tested in the yeah. takedown realm like he hasn't in a really long time. But I think back to guys like Chad Mendez, who used to try to take him down over and over, and they never had any success. But you got to remember that on this run that Aldo has put together, he beat Cheeto Vera, yeah. who looked yep. so great last weekend, and many are talking about as a potential title challenger in the very near future. Jose Aldo wins this fight with his name recognition. You could potentially see him fighting the winner of T.J. Dillashaw versus Aljamain Sterling. Unless, unless Sean O'Malley looks amazing against Piotr Jan. Because then how do you not put that kid with his momentum in a championship fight? It'll make people mad, but it's just the way that the game works. But if Aldo gets it done, if Aldo wins this fight, he is the only guy that I think will stand alongside O'Malley, if O'Malley has a massive win uh, over Piotr Jan, which is big if, because Piotr Jan is really, really good. But, Ryan, it doesn't just stop there. One of my friends makes his return this weekend. Uh, it's Luke Rockhold, the polo model. And not, Oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. I got a little bit ahead of myself. Luke Rockhold returns against Paulo Costa. Usman Edwards, too. Aldo Marabdalasvili. Marcin Tybura takes on... What many believe is the best prospect in all of the sport, Alexander Romanov, and then Tyson Pedro, in his second fight back from a long layoff, takes on Harry Hunsucker. This is a really good fight card this weekend. But Luke Rockhold's back, the polo model, the pretty boy. So if you get a pretty boy back in the game, you bring him on the show, Ryan, because we want the ladies' eyes. I don't do it. I, hey, Ryan, I don't look as good as you. So I don't get enough of the female eyes. But you and Luke together is a winning combination. So now it's time to go one round with Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold, my man, model. Look at that picture. My goodness. Luke's the type of dude that you walk into the club and you all of a sudden go, I can't stand him. Don't know why. He's just too pretty. Luke, thanks for joining us, my friend. Nice pick, man. Hey, you still chewing on your, your uh, tags? Your receipt, you know, like uh, your shirt tag. Um, yeah, I do chew my tags as you're chewing the placa right now. I can only imagine that you're modeling for whoever makes that right now. Is probably what you're doing. But but you're not there to model right now. You're in Utah right now, Park City, because you're about to head down to Salt Lake and get ready to return after three years away. On the verge of this, how you feeling, Luke? I feel great. I feel better and better. Honestly, the, the closer it gets to the fight, the better I feel. Honestly, truly. You know, Luke, it's been it's been a long time, man, since you've uh, been in the octagon. And, you know, people talk about octagon rust and certain things that can go away when you're not active. What have you been doing as you prepare for this fight 
to be ready for a guy that's explosive like Paulo Costa? I've been in training camp for the last seven months. I've just been, I mean, I haven't, I've been sober. I've been training every fucking day. I've been investing in myself and there's nothing else. I've never cut any, any corners. I'm just, you know, I'm here. I feel free to do what I want. I don't, I don't need this. I want this. And that's, that's the difference. You know, people do it because they need it. What this shit. Rockhold, I look at pictures of Paulo Costa right now. Obviously, you're in phenomenal shape. You feel ready to go. Paulo Costa missed weight by a ton last time. He was 210 pounds when he showed up to weigh in. Uh, he showed up to the fight. He looks like he is thin. He looks fit and ready to go. When you look at Paulo Costa, this is a fight that you chose, even though at times some people didn't want that. But when you look at him and you look at the way that he's approached this fight, what are you thinking? What are you expecting this weekend when you two are locked into the octagon? I've been paying attention a little bit. I've been seeing him. But I can feel him breaking already. I can see in his eyes. No, I'm here. I'm here to fight. I'm here to bring it. I'm going to challenge him right from the get-go. I'm not going to overforce it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay within you myself. I'm going to do my thing. Like he can, you can see in his eyes. He doesn't you, really you believe. You said you feel shit. like he's breaking in his. You know, it's like you know when when, when a man as you get closer to a fight, you see another man's energy and how he feels about this fight. And he, I'm not questioning myself. You know, I'm I'm really I am I have no questions about myself going in this fight. And then the closer you get to that fight, the more those questions build in your opponent. The more, the less I question myself, but the more I see him questioning him himself. You know, Luke. When when I think about you, always being outspoken. You know, you've talked about the fighter bonuses not growing as the UFC as an organization has grown, and I, and I do feel like yeah. you haven't focused on making friends in the UFC. This fight seems personal to me. The the way you talk about Paulo Paulo Costa, the way you talk about him breaking, the, how he's entering this fight. How do you separate that, though, once you get into the octagon and show the form that made you a champion throughout your career? I think every fight is personal. Every fight is very personal. It's like you, you, you're going against another man, you're taking his, his dreams, his hopes, his will, and you, you, you're threatening his life. So it's going to get personal, but at the same time, it's not. You know, this is business, too. You know, this is this is not business. This is this is just for myself. Really, it's just a test for myself. I'm looking forward to the test. I, I lost myself for, for not just the three years I was out. Many years before that, I wasn't who I was. And so this venture back is just, you know, it's a testament to who I am and and what I can do. And so this is about me. It's not about him. It's all about me. You know, this is a little a little off the script of, of what they wanted to ask, but this is a, a question from from kind of an outsider, Luke. You've mentioned in this interview not needing this, but wanting it. You also mentioned it just being about you. Daniel and I have talked already on this show about the why, right? The, the fact that I would still do things for, for my kids. I wanted to be able to provide. And you also mentioned you could see Paulo breaking. If you're just doing it for you, if, if you don't need it, where are you going to pull from 
when this fight gets hectic, when you face the adversity, when you maybe get dropped or something happens, where are you going to pull that energy from or that, that, that want to and will to find a way to win this fight and put yourself in contention for the championship shot you say you want? Because I like to live. I like to survive. I like to be on top. And I'm not going to let a man like the likes of Paulo Costa better me. Fuck that shit. I will, I will, I will die trying and anything. If I put myself, I dedicated my my body, my mind, and this this test for myself. I'm not going out. Champ, thank you for the interview, man. Hey, I can't wait to see you this week. And Luke, man, you know, man, you're my brother, bro. Love you, love you to death. Best of luck, bro. Peace. That was my boy Luke Rocco. But like every week, RC. We got to tap in and tap, tap out. And tap so, Corporate Jake, let's go. All right, guys. Over the weekend, Rory McDonald retired from MMA. During his time at the UFC, he fought in what many have considered to be one of the best fights of all time at UFC 189 against Robbie Lawler. So, DC, tap in or tap out that Robbie versus Rory at UFC 189 should go into the Fight Wing Hall of Fame. I, I don't know why it's not in the Hall of Fame already. Like, this is an absolute tap in. The visuals from this fight, the you remember when, when Robbie Lawler was standing in front of him and he blew and it was just this mist of blood that went towards Rory McDonald? And then after a while, Rory got beat so bad that he just said, to hell with this, and went down because his body just could not take any more. But Rory McDonald was the first of the new breed. The kid that didn't start as a wrestler, as a grappler, as a boxer, he was the guy that did everything. And he fought and won some big fights over the course of his career. Happy trails, Rory McDonald, an absolute gentleman. And that fight does belong in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I tap in. I'm with DC. I'm not really sure why it's not in the UFC Hall of Fame already. Here's the one thing I could say about this fight. This was one of those fights that let me know MMA wasn't for me. Right. Watching Rory McDonald continue to fight, <laughs> watching Robbie Lawler continue to fight and then finally seeing a straight jab sit Rory down on his butt told me that these dudes are built differently. Congratulations on a great career. Rory McDonald, you gave us one of the greatest fights in MMA history, along with Robbie Lawler. Can't wait till both of you guys get to see that fight in the UFC Hall of Fame. Let's go, Corporate Jake. Right, guys, while rehabbing from surgery, heavyweight champ Francis Ngannou says that he weighs close to 300 pounds, which is heavier than he has ever been before. So even though he does not have a fight scheduled, RC, tap in or tap out that this is a bit too heavy for Francis. You know what? I tap out, and here's why. I do a show with a dude that walked around at like 275 and fought at 205. <laughs> and so for me to say what they cannot do as far as weight cuts are concerned, would totally be, as Stephen A. would put it, blasphemous if I'm going to say that my partner, who's one <laughs> of the greatest that could ever do it, could drop 80 pounds and be a champion at 205. What I will say is this, though, for Francis. <laughs> if he can't drop the weight, he, he would make a hell of a left tackle, and I'm sure there's a lot of teams that would love for him to be protecting the blind side <laughs> of their QB in the NFL. <laughs> Ryan, first off, I almost cussed. I've never weighed 285, you lion sack of crap. But uh, I didn't go from 285 to 205. That would be tremendous. But uh, the reality is this. I tap out. I tap out. Francis Ngannou is 
300 pounds, but if you grabbed him, RC, he's not fat at all. He's like all right. muscle. So 300 pounds of muscle, the weight will come down. I, I think he'll get it off. I, I, I grabbed him at 285, and I was amazed. I was like, how in the world do you even look bigger? And to say that he's put on 15 pounds is crazy. It's only more scary and dangerous for the guys that have to fight him in the octagon. So I tap out. I think he'll be fine. Corporate Jake. Speaking of heavy, less than a month after his fight, Patty Pimblett has already ballooned up to 200 pounds. Patty has become known for his poor eating habits <laughs> when he's not in camp. So, DC, tap in or tap out on Patty's out-of-camp eating habits. I love it. Patty Pimblett reminds me of myself, Johnny Hendricks, all the big old Matt, Mark Munoz, all the Oklahoma State wrestlers that would blow up in between training camps. But Patty Pimblett said something on Saturday in an interview, though. He said, everybody wants to fight me, but these guys have no followers. He goes, when I start fighting the very best in the world, I'll be more disciplined in between fights. But until then, I'm going to have a good time because I know that I'm just too good for the guys that I'm fighting at this level. So I tap in, man. Enjoy yourself, Patty the Batty. And Ryan, this dude walked into the arena on Saturday and the place went crazy. He is an absolute yeah. star. And I think I'm not the only one that enjoys Fatty Patty. <laughs> Listen, I, I tap in on it. I actually got to meet uh, Fatty Patty, and, and it was pretty dope, man, to see a dude who enjoyed <laughs> life, right, who enjoyed who he could be in between some of these fights. But even in talking to some boxers, I got, I got opportunity to talk to Errol Spence, and he said as he continued in his career, as he got older, he had to change his eating habits. He had to be more focused on nutrition because it did make him a better fighter on fight night. And so I do tap in also on Patty saying, when my level of competition increases, so will my uh, so will my discipline throughout the offseason of my fights. And so I respect that. Patty, have you some fun. Eat your sandwiches. Eat your wings. Eat your onion rings. But we know when it's time for you to get right, you've gotten right. And all you've done is win, like T-Pain said. All right, guys, last one. It's been a long time since we've had a form of combat to showcase and tap in and tap out. But arm boxing has been making the rounds. Two participants, one hand tied together, and the other used to box. So, RC, tap in or tap out on arm boxing. <laughs> hey, bro, I tap all the way out. Now we've taken all the athleticism out of fighting, right? Dominic Cruz would never last in this type of fighting because you can't use your feet. You can't maneuver. You just got to have a stronger chin than the other guy. Like, how in the hell are you going to block with the one hand? You got to hide under the table just so the dude don't punch you. Heck no, Corporate Jake. Heck no, DC. You are not going to have me in over-the-top fighting where it's basically uh, freaking uh, arm wrestling and getting punched in the chin. I'm done. I'm out. RC, I'm tapping in. I'm tapping in because look at this dude. RC, look at the dude on the left. Dude on the left got hit with a straight right hand. He went down to the side. He turned away from the strike. And then the other guy starts hammer fisting him from across the table. This takes skill. This takes speed. This takes heart, will, and determination to become an arm boxing champion. Watch the right hand here, right? Oh, there it is. Dude turns away, tries to put his head under the table not to get hit anymore. I'm all in. They see. I'm not all in. They got these people strapped in with duct tape and a belt. Nobody, that, that is not a real sport, bro. It's I Russia. am not doing it. It's Russia. Is it Russia? 
I am not doing, you know what? That's it, man. The show's over. We're not doing the show anymore. Now that Corporate Jake is, is bringing in arm fighting, man, that is it. Hey, listen, all the new episodes, man, on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast. Also, ESPN2. It's been a great time having fun, man. You have a great time this weekend, bro. I'm going to be dressed up, ready to watch it. So I'm letting you know you're getting the post. I can't wait, dog. Till next time. Peace. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.